On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Erin Alden is our guest today on The Career Musician. She is an L.A. singer-songwriter, host of The Real Me podcast for the Teen Cancer America Foundation, which is supported by the classic rock band The Who. Erin was also the former manager for one of L.A.'s premier recording studios, Aftermaster, right here at the crossroads of the world in Hollywood. Her songs have played their own prominent roles in films and television programs, such as Keeping Up with the Kardashians and The Real World. As a producer and songwriter for other artists, one of her strong suits has always been her talent for collaboration supporting an amazing cause for young people stricken with cancer erin brings us the real scoop of how to roll up your sleeves and give back for a worthy cause right here on the career musician podcast all right erin alden welcome to the career musician thank you i feel like i have to be an adult now <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I guess you kind of do have to be an adult, but I think, isn't that why we get into music? Because it allows us to, you know, be children our whole lives in, in some aspects? Actually, all aspects. So that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, all aspects. Well, it's, we were just catching up and, uh, you know, we had some technical issues and I was like, hey, by the way, I I'm from New York. I'm originally a Cuban-Italian New Yorker. So, you know, I have a very... Um, how do you say, abrupt mannerism sometimes. And <laughs> I, I was admiring your, you know, your fuckology comments on your Instagram. <laughs> right, I know. So the people that are listening, he asked beforehand, you know, I don't think I'm going to say anything. I'm like, please fucking do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you you got to have a fuck it all attitude. Otherwise, it's just boring and you don't get anything done. That's such a good point. And you know what? When you're in, it's it's really funny. I'm glad we started this way because a lot of people hear me talk, you know, in a very serious manner and they hear all of these, you know, these little bits of wisdom and knowledge via experience and, you know, very pragmatic and philo philosophical and focused. But it's rare that I, you know, I bring in the whole, you know, other side of life, which is the holy shit, really? Is this happening right now? Be yeah. Because that is a real aspect of life, right? It, it is life. Yeah. You know, you can try and ignore stuff like that, but truth is, that's life. You just better be ready for the ride. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and, 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 and a ride it is indeed. Okay. So first thing I want to start with, you and I met through some mutual friends who, if it weren't, re if really, if it weren't for these friends, Christian Swain, Jack Pyatt, uh, you know, for me, it, the podcast would not have the reach that it does. So big, first of all, big shout out to Jack Pite and Christian Swain. Hello, uh, hello. Yes. Yeah, we love you yeah, guys. I you appreciate you. Yeah, because those guys are dot connectors, right? They, it seems like they thrive on connecting, you know, relationships. Yeah. That's actually very true. And I've been called the same. Yeah. Oh, Being a dot connector is, you know, it's a privilege, actually, but I think that being a dot connector comes with a lot of responsibility. And as, you know, maybe 
the deeper down this hole we go. Um, I'll say that without having those or without having people around you that you can reach out to, refer to, work with, we really don't have anything because we're all trying to work and we're all trying to work together. So it's important to have a dot connector and to be a dot connector so that we can just carry on with what we love to do. That's, that's a great point. Such a good point. Uh, I always say that collaboration is key, right? Especially in yeah. this business. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, to build on that, um, one of the things that I was thinking about before we started talking is that you have to be open to to collaborating mm. because you're only going to be yourself for so long until you get thrown in the mix with somebody that you don't know and you better be ready to say yes. Right. That's an excellent point. I love that. I love that. Okay. There's so much to unpack there. So uh, before we get into that, for, for the listeners who may not know, Pantheon Podcast is an all-music-based podcast uh, collective, in which the, the career musician is under that collective umbrella. And again, Jack Pyatt, who's with Jam Card, one of the founding members of Jam Card, and so many other things, also a filmmaker and a writer. And you know, we, Aaron and I both work with him. Also, Christian Swain. Again, similar title, many things. Uh, founder, founder of the network. Founder of the Pantheon Network. And That's right. A, a singer and a songwriter, performer. So, you know, once again, so, you know, my gratitude is extended to these people because it has helped the career musician uh, really get a footing, get a foundation. So, you know, and then one night we went to dinner with Christian and Amy, his wife, and you came and met us. And then yeah. my wife was there. So it was great. So we're all connected now. Well, <laughs> so. we are. Okay. So I'm going to blow your mind a little bit. Yes, please. So here's how the dot connector works. About five years ago, well, let me let me just say a couple things. So I have a son. He's 15. He's an actor. Right. And he was on a TV series that Cameron Crowe did called Roadies, which was on Showtime. Right. He was the only, only kid on the show. And so I used to love to look, you know, online and just see if people were talking about the show and, you know, what they were saying, good, bad, or indifferent. And I happened to stumble across this podcast that was a Roadies recap show. And so I listened to it and I I heard such great things that I wrote, I wrote a little note to uh, Christian Swain, who I didn't know at the time, right? And I said, hey, I just want to reach out to you and let you know that my son's on the show and you've said really nice things about him. And I just want to let you know that we're listening and we love it. And that's how we got connected. So that was five years ago, right? Mm. Okay. So we started talking. He said, oh, that's so cool. Do you think Ethan would want to come on the show? And we were like, yeah, that sounds great. Then it became, do you think some of the other cast members like might like to be on the show? Absolutely. So I hooked them all up little by little. Hey, we see that you're in the industry. We do a, a rock and roll like recap, you know, news we thought it'd be really fun as you came on as a host. So we co-hosted. That was Peter Ferrioli, the other founding member of Pantheon. Right. You guys can't see Nomad's face right now, but his eyes are like starting to bug out. Okay. <laughs> so that kind of led to other things. And then, you know, uh, so Christian and Peter are, are up in Northern California. I'm down here in LA. Right. So we, we just really fell in love with each other. It was a mutual admiration of what he was doing, what I was doing down here. And that led to me introducing them to my friends, some of whom were 
jam card, Jack and Elmo. You guys should meet. There's a synergy here. We should make this happen. So, you know, wow. uh, almost so, six years later, that connecting of the dots actually started with me. I would say, so you are the, the culprit. You are the, the, the catalyst that started it all. Yeah. Look That's at right. that. Well, here you've come f full circle. So see, even more reason why we're honored to have you on the show. Well, thank you. And I was going to say, you know, we're kind of like siblings because we're all like this family group of family members working together with different shows, you know, continuing this whole story of rock and roll and life as musicians. I love it. I love it. Okay, perfect segue. So tell us how the music bug bit you because I know you do quite a few things as well. And, but also, I want to hear more about your songwriting side. And wanna, you know, just tell us everything. Uh, start from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so I would say that the bug never bit me. I always had it. Ah. I've had it ever since I could remember. I had uh, a little keyboard and a piano in my my house, and I used to to play by ear, and then took lessons at five years old. And I grew up around a really um, bohemian, incredible household, which really was through my grandparents. I mean, I had my mom and dad, but my grandmother was totally into music. She was kind of a hippie, even though she wasn't. My grandfather was a dentist and my grandma was just like this vivacious um, woman who loved to dance and she did ballroom dancing. So we, we were surrounded by gays, which has been my entire life. So just this very eccentric, you know, a uh, blooming household. And she loved uh, Queen and the Beatles and the Eagles and all these really massive groups that kind of gave me this passion about music. She even had like this little snare drum in the living room and she'd float, you know, turn the music on and she'd play the drums and we'd dance and sing. So I can't remember a time where I didn't have music around me. I always did. Wow. And that just inspired me. I, I've always been a singer as well. You know, I grew up singing. I, I did chorus and chamber singers. And um, I, I've been classically trained as a vocalist throughout the years. So I've been able to sing pretty, pretty much any genre every genre of music and i've been hired to do so as a as a studio you know a session singer so it just grew you right. know the only other thing i can say is that having the musical side also gave me the theatrical side and i loved acting and did all of that as well and when i left the inland empire which is not far away from los angeles i moved up to la to be an actress so i i had the music on the side and that led me down a completely different path for a long time i always loved music but i had the acting bug and the production bug so i put myself in a position where i was now working production on a lot of tv shows and acting at the same time and that took me away for a while from music wow and then what happened was i had this friend and he said you got to come with me there's this this menagerie of, of songwriters and singers, and they do this really fun show, like a cabaret at this place called Luna Park, which was in West Hollywood. And so I said, yeah, of course I'd love to do that. And I went and that changed my life forever. 
And the reason I say that is because I saw these people, it was a collaboration of all kinds of different singers and songwriters, totally eccentric and big and fun. And I just thought, God, I, I love, these are my people because that's what I grew up with. Yeah. You know, and so during that show, Johnny Perez, who was the host of that show, he he had quite a few music deals. He had a record deal um, for a band he had called Slush and just on fire. Yeah. We're looking for female singer-songwriters. We really want some female energy, you know. So if you guys are listening and you want to be a part of the show, let me know. And that light went off and I was like, Fuck, I've got to do this. So I randomly picked a friend of mine that was a guitar player, very good friend of mine. His name is Bob Olive. And I said, you know what? I know we kind of, you know, mess around from time to time. I would love to put something together. Why don't we just do some jazz standards and I'll reach out to him and say, you know, yes, I'd like to do that. So that's what we did. We put together this set that was Moon Glow and Frim Fram Sauce, which is Nat King Cole. Um, God, what else? We, oh, uh, um, uh, hair. Um, what's the song that they sing that the woman sings in hair? Uh, I'll think of it in a minute. By the way, it's International Coffee Day, and I have not participated enough. So, <laughs> I, if I'm a little slow, that's why. Um, I, I've had a cup and a half today. I feel like <gasps> it was International Coffee. It's always some kind of day. I know, right? I know. Everybody's celebrating always some kind of day now, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyways, we we volunteered and we did our set. And like I said, that changed the dynamic of my entire life because it went over better than I could have ever expected it to. Right. I was, we, we, not I, we were involved and invited to so many more gigs after that. Right. And I just thought, this is fantastic. So from that, you know, it gave me it gave me um, the fire that I needed to say this is this is what makes me truly happy, and I started telling people that I was open to anything, and I think that that's a real important key for people that are just starting out. You have to be willing to say yes, mm. even when it's uncomfortable. Okay, I'm so glad you said that, and I want to park there for a minute and really break that down. So. Uh, that's something I say all the time, especially in the beginning of, a, of your career. Say yes. The answer is always yes. Yeah. So the answer is yes. What's the question? Yes. If please. you don't know what it is, then go figure it out and show up when they ask you to. That's right. And so found <laughs> on that. Tell us more why you believe that, because I truly believe it as well. You know, I'll tell you my career. You know, if you look me up on the Internet, there's not that much. And part of that is I've been spread out over the years on so many different paths. And it's all because I said yes. Mm. You know, so um, just to go back a little bit. So I, I said yes to session work and I booked all the time and I did sing alikes. So I got oh, hired to do classical stuff. Like I sang like Sarah Brightman, who was in Phantom wow. of the Opera. So, you know, being classically trained helped a lot. I've done rock tracks, jazz tracks, you name it. If they offered it to me, I took it. Right. And that really gave me a level of comfort. First of all, being in front of the mic, really learning how to use that, how to use that as a singer, how to use that live. You know, that led me to thinking, you know what? I've never been a songwriter before, but I think I can do this, which lended itself to a 
still a songwriting career, even putting the vocalist aside, I'm hired and I work with artists and I've been working with artists for years as a songwriter. So that all those little things that were like, hey, do you want to try this? Yes, I'd try it. Someone would say, that's really good. Or I like that. Why don't you try this? Being a good listener, being Apple, uh, uh, able to adapt has given me a career and a room on so many different levels. Right. So so when you say you do feel like because you said yes to so many things, uh, especially early on, it really perpetuated all these other opportunities. It gave me a career. Wow. I'm going to tell you the other secret because it's still something that everybody can use anytime they want to. And this is another part of how I got where I was. And that was using social media as a tool. Mm. So what that gave me early on when Facebook first started was the tool to look around and see who I was connected to on this big path of music and musicians. So I was able to look and I'm going to use a big example, Paul McCartney, right? So all the people that I love, I went to Paul McCartney. I, I should say that Rusty Anderson is a very good friend of mine. So I already knew he was amongst that link of people because Rusty was a part of that menagerie cabaret stuff that I started with. Oh, wow. Right? And so for I have a lot of those. For those who yeah. don't know, Rusty Anderson is, has been with Paul for, for years as his, one of his guitar players. Yeah. For years. For yeah. Not a long time. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and there's, there, I'll go back to that in a minute. But anyways, I could see, oh, hey, I know that person really well. I know that person really well. So what it gave me was a tool to say, I'm going to send out a Facebook request. I'd love it if somebody wanted to hire me for something, but it was a way just for me to get in front of somebody all around the world. And then I'd send a note and I'd say, hey, I just want to let you know, we, I saw that we have a lot of great mutual friends in common that I actually know. And I just wanted to send out a Facebook uh, request to connect. Are you cool with that? Most of the time, 99.9% .9 of the time, they were like, absolutely. And then I had all my information right there where I never had to ask for anything. Mm -hmm. If they wanted to do research and look at my music or look at what I've done, then they could do that on their own. And then they'd come back and they go, oh my God, you know, you've got such an amazing voice. What are you doing? You know, so it's putting yourself out there without having to ask for something, but you're in the room with them. That's Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 
and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's Factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's fantastic. And I want to park there for a second too, because here's here's the importance of, of what Aaron just said for those listening. Social media can be taken several ways. And one one way, <laughs> it can be taken as a, a competition and, a, you know, a, a, a seeding ground for extreme jealousy, right? And, and, and for uh, envy and those things. On the other hand, it can be an opportunity from what you just described where don't you don't take the approach of oh this person has that or they gained this or they have this many no you can't go into it like that you have to flip it and say okay imagine facebook and well when facebook was the thing that was the thing and now it's moved to instagram and now of course it's even moving to tiktok but still the point is the medium doesn't matter the platform doesn't matter the concept is when you go in with an open mind, who do I know out here that I can connect with and not ask them for something, but just connect and say, hey, I'm out here doing stuff. Let's do stuff together, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. It's so important to go in with that mindset that you went and, in with. Yeah, and that goes back to the dot connecting, right? Because yeah. that's really what it is. You know, um, we're all we're all trying to to stay in the room together even when circumstances don't necessarily allow it to there's so many other ways that you can still connect with people and and it is true you don't want to ask right out of the gate the other thing i would say is that you better be ready so imagine that there are 25 billion other musicians out there that have been doing this their entire life right, right. and now you're going to go up against them right. you better be ready that's right. And if you're not ready, make yourself ready. Mm. It doesn't take long. Take the time to make yourself ready so that when someone says, I'm going to take you up on that, you're ready. Expound, you're ready. On that. Expound on that. Okay. I'll give you a perfect example. So uh, once the songwriting thing really kicked in, uh, there's there's two, two things that happen. Um, one was I got invited to be part of writing groups, writing teams with big people. And I used to get scared shitless. I still do sometimes. It is, you know, it doesn't, you get nervous. Like, am I good enough? Am I going to be able to perform? You know, all that stuff that goes through your head. So what I've done and what I've done for a billion years is when I go to meet somebody to write with them or to work with them, I'm ready. So typically what will happen is you'll get into a room with other writers and they'll say, okay, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? Well, I always come with three songs ready to work on in case nobody has anything. Bam. Because then you can see, you know what? I've, I've been working on this idea. I don't know if it's right for us, but I can play you a little of it. Why don't you let me know if this would work? It always works. I love it. And then you can go and you can do it. And then that leads hopefully to more op opportunities and more you know, sessions and whatever, at least you got your toolbox ready to go and you're prepared. I love that. That is brilliant. Have three ideas ready to go because you're absolutely right. It's very similar when a bunch of musicians get together and there's a, I don't know, what do you want to play? I don't know. What do you want to play? Oh, well, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's like, come on, guys, have a list in your head at least or have a short list on your phone somewhere. Here, Here's a song right here, you know. 
so that is a brilliant idea. Have three vehicles ready to go that you can work on. And chances are one of those tunes is going to speak to one or more people in the room. Right? Yeah. And it usually does. Sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you're not, you're not a great, you know, a musician or a songwriter. It just means it didn't just didn't click that time. Right. But it doesn't take you out of the gate. You're still in the gate. That's right. At least you're still doing it and you're, you know, working it and trying to to learn more. I'm still learning. I've been doing this for 20 something years now. I learn every minute of the day. That's right. That's right. I have a couple uh, interesting scenarios that happened to me with writing yeah. in that context, which I really appreciate you sharing. Uh, I was in the room with Babyface one time and I was, we were writing and we were writing for Jewel mm -hmm. and his back was turned to me for three and a half hours. Oh, gosh. He did not turn around once. No matter what I played, no matter what I said, no matter whatever idea I gave, he just, I don't know if it was, he was so folk, I think he was so focused or if he was just not impressed, but it taught me an amazing lesson. <laughs> Here I am in the room, in the writing booth with one of the most prolific songwriters of our time and, and nothing I could do to get his attention. So I just thought, okay, well, how am I going to, how am I going to continue? Well, it was easy. I could have just said, fuck this. I'm never going to do this again. <laughs> <laughs> because it was awkward. And did it make me, you know, have all kinds of moments of, you know, second guessing myself? Absolutely. But you know what? I just said, no, I can't give up. Think about if he gave up. If he, you know, if he never got one of his, if he never got the first single, the first number one, you know. So then I, after the session, I was like, all right, great. So, uh, when, when would you like me back? When are we writing again? You know, you just have to keep, go right? You have to keep going no matter what. Yeah, you do. And you can't need someone's approval too much. You just can't. Because once you get that, you're never going to get back what you need. Mm, excellent point. So it's just another way of keeping that, I always say the toolbox, you know, keeping that toolbox handy you know what you can do. You know you can even go further than you think you can. And you just have to go in 100% and not need the attention. It's not going to work out all of the time. It just doesn't. Mm -hmm. But if you at least go in with the goods and you know you're good enough, you'll get called in again. That's right. That's right. Go in with the goods and know you're good enough. Have your toolbox ready. I love this. This is some great info for anybody in any situation, whether it's songwriting, you're performing, playing a gig, doing a session. It doesn't matter. Uh, okay. Tell us about some of the uh, people you've uh, written songs with. <clears throat> well, Name drop for a second, if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I, I'll tell you who I've been writing with for the past couple of years because we've got a project coming out that I'm really excited about. Uh, besides him... I've written for artists in development. I write for TV and film projects. I've been involved. I worked in um, a writing group that Ken Calais, Ken Calais was one of the producers for Fleetwood Mac. I, you know, it was a writing team for that. I've been writing teams via Skype from other parts of the world. So it's a lot of things. It's not just one. Right. But through social media, um, I got contacted by this wonderful person in South Africa whose name is Colette Dawson. And she saw my music uh, and saw me and was looking for writers for another artist that she was working with at the time. Mm -hmm. And so she said, hey, I don't know if you've got any music, but I'm working with this artist and I'd love 
I'd love to see if there's some synergy there, right? So we're across the pond. She's very far away from me. Needless to say, I said, yes. <laughs> I pulled some stuff together and I shipped it off to her. And that turned into a beautiful relationship for another artist. And then eventually I met the artist that I'm working with now also through her. And his name is Cito, C-I-T-O. And he was part of a big boy band over there at the time, you know, earlier on in the 90s. And they had a great career. And then he wanted to do a solo project. So he reached out to me and said, would you be interested in writing? And I said, yes. Right. So we've had this wonderful couple years of writing. It used to be once a week on Skype or, you know, now it's Zoom or whatever. But we would write just to write. Smart. Not for anything in particular, but just to write. We have a real passion for the same type of music, although I write every style of music, but uh, we, we love like the cure and Depeche Mode, like early, she wants revenge. That that was the vibe that he wanted. So that's what I really focused on. Mm. And we've released now we've released uh three singles, one of one of which he entered in this worldwide competition for songwriters and we placed third. Ah. You know, beautiful. So- that was that was a key that we were on the right track, but he's getting ready to to release an EP. We've got I've got three songs on the EP with him, which I just cannot wait to get out. Wow. Uh, one of the singles is going to be released at the end of October, and we already have the music video for it, and maybe a film involved in it as well. So we wow. we've jumped big. So that's who I've been writing with the most. Okay, and for a for a long period of time, and now that those little baby projects are starting to starting to blossom. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. Okay. So you also mentioned film and TV, a lot yep. of licensing, uh, you know, <laughs> since the advent of the music supervisor becoming the new A&R person, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, music supervisors are the new rock stars of the industry. Let's talk about that a little bit. A lot of young people, you know, or just uh, aspiring people to be in the, in in the biz, are always asking, "Well, how do you do that? How do you get your music licensed?" And you know, talk about right. your experience with that. Yeah. Well, um, so it's twofold. It used to be that if if you became a band or you became an artist and you went on tour, you would obviously make your money being out on tour with merchandise and ticket sales and all of that. And, and just even being a career musician, there were other ways to make money. Those don't exist really anymore. You know, big, big tours, maybe, but if you're going to sustain yourself as a musician, you got to think really outside of that because that's not, you're not going to get that like you would right? or you would have. So, uh, you got to look towards music placement. That's where you're going to make your money. Hopefully, you know, everybody wants that. One of the ways that I got that was through Facebook. (laughs) I'm going to keep going back to that because if you can put yourself, position yourselves in front of people that are going to see it. And again, them taking the step to look at your music. That's what happened with me with placing my stuff in film and TV. Somebody saw me on Facebook. They listened to my music and said, Hey, I've got these TV projects. Would it be okay if I submitted you for X, Y, and Z? Yes. Right. The answer is yes. Yes. And it happened for me. Um, 
that's really what I enjoy doing the most. And I think that as a, as a songwriter and even as a singer, exposing yourself and learning how to play all kinds of different types of music lends itself to all kinds of different things. Mm-hmm. So being able to write for a, you know, a kid show, a teen show, uh, a film, having all kinds of different styles of music is going to put you much closer into a category where people will be interested to pick from that box. That's right. And oh, so that's what I've done. Diversity is so important, right? Having it is. Versatility. Yeah. And hopefully you like all that. You know, you can't yeah. zero in on one style. I listen to so many random pieces of music all the time that if you can kind of create yourself around those, it just makes you even more successful. That's absolutely right. Absolutely right. Tell us about some of the projects you've had in, in film and TV. Yeah. Well, again, um, for me, it was more... I had people that knew of me or found me and said, I'm doing a show like this. Do you have anything that might work? Mm. So I always have a catalog of songs ready to go. And I try and write even way ahead of time so that I have something if somebody asks me. Because I get, a- I, look, I'm so lucky. I get asked a lot. Mm. Or I've got friends. So the other thing that I've done as a connector is I've got friends that have opportunities mm. with new music and maybe they don't have a place for them. So I can recommend them to the people that are asking for stuff that I don't have. There you go. You know, so again, it's this whole synergy of surrounding yourself with people that want to help each other out. Mm. You know, you find your, you find your people fast, people that you want to spend a lot of time with rather than some of the others. And then you try and build each other up. If I don't have it, he's got it. If he doesn't have it, I have it so that it just flows and you can continue to enjoy really what it is that you love to do. I love that. There's a couple things I want to come circle back to. I'm going to start right there with the synergistic tribe of people whom you really enjoy working with. Uh, we all know there's soul suckers out there, right? People who just <laughs> suck the life right out of you, suck the soul out of you. And you're like, no, I don't want to work with that. I want to be around a group of people who I really, you know, we all edify one another, right? And so that's so important. And I love how you were able to use the platform of social media to develop that and to really enhance that globally. Um, yeah. I also want to come back to something else you said about sustainability. Our mission statement here at The Career Musician is to empower musicians with strategies for a mm. sustainable career. So for those listening, Erin has done just that and she's actually sharing her secrets. <laughs> you know, yeah. People are always saying, well, what's the secret? Well, first of all, there's no fucking secret. No. Okay? <laughs> no. But, you know, if people want to quantify these things as secrets, then fine. By all means, call them secrets. But she's sharing with you firsthand the tools that she's used to create a career literally out of thin air. And that's what we do, right? Yeah, you know, that's exactly what we do. And as I said earlier, you know, opportunities come from the strangest places. Mm. And I can I can dive a little bit deeper into that in a minute. But yeah, there there's no secret here. You just do what you can to make sure that you you're always excited about whatever it is you're doing. You got to have it. You've got to be happy about it and excited about it and really want to thrive in learning. And people feed off of that excitement. You know, I, I used to say this a lot, and this goes for acting too, is that people are excited by the fast moving train. If they think that your train is moving someplace, they're going to want to hop on it. So 
there are there are some ways that you can make that happen, even if it's not as exciting that people think it is. You know, what's wrong with saying, "Oh my God, I'm writing this new song and I'm super excited about it," and you're really sitting in your pajamas, right, eating a bowl of cereal? You are writing a song, <laughs> but you're still showing people that you're doing something. It's not yeah. lying. It's getting people excited. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, Looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business, and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. I, I love that, but I also think that I'd like to add this from my perspective. As long as you're not braggadocious about it. Absolutely. As long as you're not coming off like, oh, man, I just wrote this dopest song. It's, ama- it's going to be a number one. You know, I'm writing with so-and-so. I'm doing this. It's like, ah, when, when people start to go off on that kind of a rant, I immediately turn the other way. Yeah. No, you're right. I, and I should actually preface that by saying it's not a, it's not a again, it's not about what you're going to get out of it. Yeah. It's just about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So the thing with being a musician is it's not about the money. If you think it's about the money, go do something else. You can work at McDonald's and make I can tell you that I think I finally have enough one cent residual checks that have come in that I don't feel completely guilty about saying, okay, here's here's 10 cents. Please put that in my savings account. <laughs> <laughs> right. I love that. I love that. And any of us who have received royalty checks uh, know what she's talking about. Yeah. I mean, it's painful, but I'm not doing it for that. I'm doing it because I don't, my brain never shuts off and I've got to create and I've got to surround my people that love to create so that I can get excited no matter where it's coming from. It's coming from them. It's coming from me. It's coming from someone else. I can't wait to share what you're doing, you know? That's right. Those are those are those are things that just keep me alive. I don't know about anybody else, but I have to have this in order to make myself thrive. Uh-huh. When I don't have it or when I'm not creating, even during COVID, when things got really bad and it was just like, what are we all going to do? We have this. We've got communication. We have Zoom. 
all the things we were doing before, even with our friends across the pond. We have ways of making things happen anytime that you want to. That's right. That's right. I love that. Okay, uh, I'm going to continue uh, analyze, uh, dissecting everything that you've discussed. So the next thing is, I love what you said. You you build your catalog, and you always have that available. Now, <clears throat> again, I I can go back to uh, an opportunity, uh, an in, a situation that I had in Nashville, where I was I had written with this very big songwriter in Nashville once before for a project, and I said, you know what, let me reach out to him and see if he's interested in writing again, just on a whim. And I said, hey, you know, blah, 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 I'd love to sit down and write. And, you know, seems like we had a good connection and the song that we wrote together got placed. So, hey, that's fantastic. And, you know, he just came back with, well, who do you want to write for? You know, what, what are we writing for? Who? And, 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 I, and I felt so, the first thing I felt was so um, inept. I was, uh, 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 I don't know, like I just was a deer in the headlights. I th- yeah, I, what was I supposed to say? I don't know, freaking who at the time who was big you know i don't, I don't it doesn't matter but you know Katy perry I, like I'm, I'm like i don't know man let's just write <laughs> so i love the fact that you build a catalog and you said sometimes you just write you're not writing for anything and i think that's so important it's a muscle and the more you write the better you get at it and the more stabs you take at it the better chances you have of something sticking and going all the way through and winning for you right yeah absolutely absolutely i don't don't get caught in the thing of well who do you want to write for just write (laughs) who knows who that's going to be you know we've all written songs 10 years ago that are just now seeing that it connected with an artist who knows who that song's going to be for there you go i love that i love that okay so speaking of this and and this is the other point that i wanted to touch on you said your mind won't shut off you're a constant fountain of ideas and uh, I love that. I, I actually say the same thing to my wife every day because she's just such a a prolific idea person. Just, and, I, and my thing is I always say to her, hey, write it down. Even if we can't get to it today or this week or this month, just have a collection, a database of all your ideas, right? Yeah, that's so true because you know what happens. You think, I'm going to remember this. This is the best song I've ever written in my entire life. I'm going to just do what I have to do and go back to it. Have you ever remembered any of those moments? Because I haven't. Hell no. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I know. I'm so old school. I still have like a handheld little mini cassette tape recorder. You know, I've had it ever since I was little and I I take that with me, but I sing into my phone. You know, when we had answering machines, I'd sing into my answering machine, write it down, voice notes. You know, those things are the only way to continue to kind of thrive because you can go back to those if you don't have anything something you got stuck with before you know two years later it's not stuck anymore that's right that's right so speaking of this concept how do you and because of the fact that most of the time as creatives we are some of us are properly adhd you know but some of us are just uh we have so many ideas and we're torn in so many directions on a creative level. How do you maintain sense of organization and, and a routine or a schedule or, you know, what does that look like for you? Uh, well, if you were to ask anybody around me, they would say that, I don't know how she does it. Cause it looks like a bomb went off all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. You know, hey, if that's your method, that's fine. If there's yeah, a, you know, a method, to I, your method. Uh, I, I just 
I don't know the answer to that. I just do. You know, I, I've gotten a little better. I do feel like an adult. I've got a whiteboard now for a lot of the projects that I'm doing. And by the way, I'm also my kid's, you know, manager for his acting career. So in the midst of everything else, it was getting him to auditions and, you know, going on location. And so I don't know how I, I done it. I just do. That's not a really good, helpful tip for you guys, but I do, I make, I've got, and I'm going to show you because you can see me. I've got literally yeah. notes ev everywhere, everywhere. And that, and I've got a count, an old school calendar on my refrigerator mm -hmm. that I'll go to because sometimes I don't see the notifications on my phone. Right. And right. I tell people that I work with, please bug me. I right. don't want you to feel like you feel bad about doing it. There are things I don't remember. So right. please bug me, please remind me, you know, if I forget, I'm sorry. Right. There's always a juggling of songwriting, singing, uh, podcasts, you know, yeah. feel well, free the, to bug me. The squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, but I want to say something about that. No, I think it's actually a great answer. You said, I just do. So uh, I also, again, there's this dichotomy where sometimes you can overanalyze. I know I'm the type of guy, I'm so analytical. Uh, you know, what do they say? Uh, uh, paralysis by analysis. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? Like I can be so guilty of that. So I make so many lists and <laughs> outlines of projects. And then it's like, you know, my wife will say, well, did you do the first to-do task on in that outline? And I'll be like, no. She'll say, well, what are you waiting for? I'm like, well, <laughs> I just wanted to make sure the outline was solid. She's like, the outline looks pretty solid to me. Are you going to get started? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wish I had that. Nobody wants to get near me. <laughs> They're just like, you figure it out. Okay. You know. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think, look, no matter which way you go, there's always going to be some chaotic you know mess behind it and so one of the things is nike said it best just do it and 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 i saw a meme yesterday on one of the one of the sites that podcast that i followed it said you know sure make a to-do list but don't get overwhelmed by it pick one item on that list and i i preach this all the time pick one item and do that item and forget everything else and turn off your notifications and be still for 90 minutes to, to however long it needs to be and do that item. And when you resurface, chances are you'll feel renewed and rejuvenated because it's such a sense of accomplishment, right? Yeah, absolutely. The smallest, the smallest of steps are achievements. Amen. I think I just made that up. <laughs> I love it. The smallest, say that again. The smallest of steps are achievements. Oh, see, there you go. That's I'm going to be tattooing that on my arm once there we you go. leave. <laughs> well, we're going to immortalize it on, on the Instagram feed because we do, we take quotes from each episode. Oh, okay. There you go. That's going to be, I, I feel quote. like Gandhi for the day. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> See, <laughs> that's amazing. All right. So speaking about all this, uh, this stuff that we're talking yeah. about, good stuff, uh, and real pragmatic life applicable stuff, right? I asked this question everybody, cause I know everybody has a different view and perspective. But my, the reason why I ask this is because I want everybody to see, everybody, all the listeners, I want you to realize that we all experience the same stuff. That being said, how do you define success? Um, I honestly think, this sounds so stupid, but right now, breathing. 
because I'm an in the moment type of person. You know, I, I constantly think about the past, present and future, but right now it's about breathing. And to be quite honest with you, this whole pandemic situation really stilted my ability to work well, create well, because I just didn't feel like it. Wow. And that was heavy for me. You know, I went from writing, 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 doing, 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 to not doing anything. And it really shut me down. So it's not the success or feeling that you're successful to me means such a bigger thing. It's about breathing, learning, listening, doing when you feel like it and not beating yourself up when you don't. Because creativity comes under all kinds of different circumstances at different times. Mm. Being allowed to just be sometimes is the most uncomfortable feeling in the entire world. But I think that for me, it gave me a reset. So I was able to look at this is what I've been doing. This is what's been going really well. This is what's not working for me. Maybe I can grow a little bit more and do something different that I didn't think I could do before. And it actually gave me the wings that I have right now. And that's the honest truth. Wow. No, that that was that's prolific because sometimes the ability to just be, <laughs> it can be uncomfortable actually. Right? It's very uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Not beating yourself up. Why can't you do that? God, if I just sit here for another 10 minutes, I'll think of something or listening to a record or listening to something on the radio and then trying to sit down. And sometimes it's just too much and it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. And then the, the fact, like you said, success is breathing. I mean, that could be taken in so many different contexts, literal and figurative. Uh, obviously, literally, there's quite a few people who did not make it through this pandemic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's a huge reality that maybe sometimes we don't stop to think about. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think there's a lot of PTSD. So even if you don't think that it's affected you at all, you may find out down the road here that it did affect you. Hmm. Write about it. Good point. Write about it. I love that. I love that. Speaking of which, do you, are you a journaler? Do you have? Do you keep journals and whatnot? Or I, I, uh, I've never been a journaler. I, I get really pissed off when someone is because I wish I could. <laughs> there are so many moments. I mean, I have them all in my head, but yeah, yeah, yeah. that uh, I'll share a secret with you. Um, I have these things that most of my close friends know as Aaronisms. <laughs> and for example, um, most people get colds. I get pneumonia. Most people walk down the street. I trip and fall and break something, <laughs> you know, a funny line or a joke. I will fuck up if you give it to me to deliver. So, you know, journaling would have been great for me because I've made so many mistakes in my lifetime. They'd be funny to look back on, but no, I'm not. I write, I write things down, you know, a lot of song. It's funny. Even when I write song lyrics down, I don't even write them in any particular order. Like they're all over the page. <laughs> I'm not even neat about it, but they're just like this line, this line, this line. And then I go back and I put the puzzle pieces together and, right. you know, then I'll write it down. But no, I've never been a journaler. Yeah. But that's, again, that's the uniqueness to how you operate. And it's, okay. oh, I'm weird, but it's okay. And that's the whole point. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 
Okay, that's fantastic. I actually love that. Uh, I am the opposite. I am so structured. I was just going to ask you, do yeah. you? Oh, I'm so I'm so anal retentive about everything. It's actually when we're writing a song, if 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 we're if somebody in the room isn't putting it in exact order, nice and clean on on a piece of paper or a digital document, I start to get uncomfortable. So then I, well, I guess so that means we're not writing together. <laughs> No, no, no. So, then, so then I started to do it. No, so so what I started doing, actually, you said it earlier, I always have the, the phone recording, right? Yeah, me too. So then I can go back. No, it's so weird because, look, I am just, I'm a square. And, and the reason why I bring it up, because my wife is a songwriter, singer as well, and, and she's a circle. And the, the peg, the square peg and the round circle, they just don't go together, right? It's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think there's so much opportunity for growth and learning. And I think that's part of the message that you're relaying here. Yeah, totally. I mean, listen, until we die, we're going to be learning something new. Right. No matter what, no matter what that is. Absolutely. I mean, try to get into a Tesla and figure out how to turn it on. Oh God, I can barely figure out my new Android phone that my kid made me get instead of an iPhone. Uh Uh-oh. Good luck with that. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, speaking of which, be- before I let you go, I-, I have some rapid fire questions. But before that, you did mention that you were your son's manager uh, for his acting career. Yeah. Uh, I think that falls under the whole category of what we do because, again, it's, boy, if it's not the epitome of being self-employed, then what is, right? So <laughs> Yeah, and by the way, that. that wasn't, I didn't birth a child and go, you're going to be an actor. <laughs> you know, that's not how that worked. But it, it fell in naturally, just like the music did for me. I've been really lucky. You know, things yeah. have always kind of presented itself in a lot of different areas, and I've said yes. You know, so yeah, so that that's uh, been going on since he was two. <laughs> wow, wow. Yeah, and, it's a long time. And so that's something that you've been doing simultaneously with your music career and your own acting career. And by the way, one more thing, I was a studio manager for three years at Aftermaster Studios. I opened and launched that studio. So the the whole point of all of this is not for me to say, I did this, I did this, I did this. But it is to say I was given opportunities and asked if I'd be interested. And I said, yes. Mm. And it made me uncomfortable. And I said, yes. And they all worked out great. Mm. American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. I like that. I like that. And through that uncomfortability uh, become comes growth, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. What do you have for me? All right. You love it. I love it. You ready? Here's yeah. your rapid fire. These are easy. We're just yeah. going to we'll try to go fast, but I'm not going to throw you for any loops. Top three artists in your playlist that you listen to. Uh, right now, it's The Kills, The Gap Band, and uh, All J. 
Nice diversification. Your friends would say you are? Uh, lovable in a spaz. <laughs> Favorite food? God, right now. Okay, so I've never been a foodie. Oh. Ever. But I have just been dying all the time for Indian food. I love Indian food right now. Cool. I wish I was never a foodie. I'm, I've been a foodie my whole life, and you have to work extra hard to get those calories off. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Drink of choice. Oh, I love a dirty martini. Mm, vodka? Both gin and vodka. I'm not, I'm, there's no difference for me. It's all yummy. Yes. I love the green olives with the red. Yes. I yeah. used to steal those from my grandfather every night. He'd come home and make a martini. Oh, God, it's the best. That's awesome. Last concert you attended but had no affiliation with. You didn't write. You didn't work. You didn't yeah. sing. You just attended. Oh, gosh. Um, that's a good question. I do go to a lot of shows, and it's been a while. Uh, I'm going to say The Kills. Because I love the kills. Jamie Hintz and Allison Mosshart, rock star. They could watch them all night long. Awesome. Last movie you saw in theaters? Oh, uh, yeah. We just went and saw, um, uh, what's the Questlove movie? The and Summer. Oh. Uh, I'm not even hip. I'll have to look it up. Oh, it's the most incredible movie I've seen in a, in a decade. Oh, wow. Quest oh, this is... Okay, we've got to look it up. Um, let me see here. Anyways, I can tell you about it while we're summer looking at it. Summer of Soul. Summer. Yeah, Summer of Soul. Okay. So I'm get this: during Woodstock in oh, Harlem. That's right. I saw this, this trip. Mind-blowing four weekends concert series with. Every incredible artist you could think of, from Mahalia Jackson to Sly and the Family Stone, uh, uh, you name it, yeah. incredible. They filmed the whole thing. This was 50 years ago, and it was supposed to be their time to shine, yeah. and nobody wanted to buy the series. That's and so it sat in a basement for 50 years, and Questlove took it out put this incredible story, live interviews, artists that were there, some for the very first time, Gladys Knight and the Pips, yeah. uh, that saw their performances and were so choked up they could barely speak about it because they knew at that time it was going to change the world. And it didn't because no one would allow them to do it. This movie is so important on so many levels. Please go and see it. If you can see it in the movie theater, go. Wear your mask. Yeah. Sit away from other people and enjoy the music enjoy right. my son was like his mind was blown because that's all the music he loves right now at 15. Right. he's totally into funk and soul and you know uh he right out of the gate he's like there's nina simone oh my god there's you know it's insane that's incredible Please go I, and see it. I remember seeing i'm going to i, I remember seeing the trailer on uh on prime and i was like oh that looks sick yeah so i definitely yeah, yeah. the I'm, other I'm, one the other one the sparks brothers equally as important if you guys uh, don't know sparks you will know sparks because you'll you'll see all the stuff that their music has been placed into right music placement that's what we're talking about right. but they started their career in the 70s and they are brilliant it's wow. a funny movie and the music is like mind-blowing i love it i love it well thank you for those tips yeah please go and see it
Absolutely. You heard it right here from Aaron Alden on The Career Musician, Movies to See. And that one is The Sparks Brothers. I'm going to look that up. And I, Can I please plug something that's very important to me before we go? Please. We're not done yet. Please. Oh, oh yeah? Oh, yeah should no, I, should I wait for your... Okay. No, plug it. This is the perfect little yeah. uh, sidebar. So here's, a, here's another example of being at a place where I could say yes to something or dream about something. But we are getting ready to launch on October 4th. I have a new show that I'm hosting that is actually through the Who's organization, which is Teen Cancer America. And I happened to be at a party one night where I was sitting next to the director, whose name is Simon Davies. And he was telling me all about the Who, Roger Daltrey and Pete Townsend's organization, which builds hospital teen cancer wards all over the world for teens going through treatment because there never was a teen floor. So if a kid was going through treatment, they'd had to go, they would either have to go to, you know, the pediatrics floor or the adult floor where they have nothing in common with anybody. They've got a, an amazing music program called um, Play It Back. And they've got artists that come and play music with the teens. If they're not, if they've never written a song, maybe they write lyrics, but it inspires them to think about music. They, they produce a song. And now what we're doing is each week I get to interview one of the artists. We talk about their story about how they were diagnosed with cancer. Are they still going through treatment? Are they done? What was the songwriting process like? What did they think about it? We have their family come on and then we get to show and play and share their music with everybody. That so the, po the podcast is called The Real Me and okay. we are debuting on October 4th. And anybody that wants to know about the charity and the programs, it's at teencanceramerica.org. Okay, I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking at the teencanceramerica.org website right yep. now. And I see Pete Townsend and Roger Dalton. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, I just typed in the real uh, the real me podcast. Uh, it says it's coming on Spotify. It'll be everywhere. Yeah, obviously. it'll be everywhere. And I, I just wait till you hear these kids. I mean, their story. If we never heard their music, their stories alone makes me want to just hug and kiss every one of them. But I mean, some of these some of these kids, when you hear their music, it is like mind blowing. Wow. Wow. And uh, right here, I have the trailer on Pantheon. Yeah, Pop. please, you guys, oh, okay. listen to it, share it, um, tell everybody you know about it. And also, right, because this is the career musician, That's we're right. always looking for people to volunteer to also help with the tracks. Maybe you want to be a backup singer. Maybe you want to do engineering. Maybe you want to add some bass to it. You can go to the Teen Cancer website, send us a note. And we would love to have you, big names, small names, anybody that's interested, we are constantly looking for help. Okay, well, I'm at the website, but I have one better. I have the founder of this podcast right here staring at me, and <laughs> I, I want to help. So Please. sign me up. Yay. So, See, you guys, this is how it works. That's it. You get excited about something, you share it with somebody else, and you make things happen. Done. Sign me up. I will play any instrument or produce or co-produce, whatever you need. Great. I can't wait. Yeah, sign me up. I'm super stoked to do that. Thank you. That would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I love that plug, first of all. What an amazing uh, opportunity that you are giving to these uh, teens who... Man, talk about life-changing. Music can change lives, you know? It, ha it literally has... In it, that, and you'll hear it in that context yeah i mean incredible 
Okay, now I feel like the rapid fire pales in comparison, but we have to finish. <laughs> okay. okay. See, I get so excited. I, you know, I love I'm it. fast, right? Now you no, know. Not at all. I, I love it. Okay, back now back to you, Erin. Yeah. Uh, instrument you wish you played? Oh, um, bass. Song or band that changed your life? Oh, my God. These are so hard. Just one. Uh, you one know what? Many. I'll tell you who changed my life. Burt Backrack. Love he it. He made me want to become a singer-songwriter. Favorite city. Ooh, I I love I love Chicago. Oh. I like Chicago too. Hidden talents. Oh, I can juggle. Uh, I once did a guest spot on a TV show where I had to audition for um, it was for a beauty contest in this particular show. Actually, Denise Richards was one of the other girls that was in it. And so I went to the audition and I, I knew I had to do something different and singing wasn't going to be enough because they wanted weird acts. So out of my ass, I pulled that I could juggle and I put together a tap dancing, which I can also do juggling and singing. Let me entertain you at the same time. And I got the job. Wow. <laughs> What else could you do? I don't know. Give me five minutes and I'll come back. So literally, I fly by the seat of my pants all the time. That's incredible. Talking about just like conjuring something up. I love it. You're like, yeah, I pulled this out of my ass and this is what I can do. Like, wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, you entertain for a living. This is what you do. But what entertains you? Oh, God. Everything entertains me. I, I you know... I, I'm really enjoying my life. I think um, music did that. My friends do that for me all the time. My family does it. Everything does. Mm. Again, it's like one of those very broad spectrum, you know, things to say, but this, th doing this, talking, yeah. you know, yeah. all of that makes my life really good. I love that. And finally, what would you do if you weren't a career musician besides juggling and yeah. tap dancing. <laughs> I love animals. I'm a huge animal fanatic. So I, I, I don't know something with animals. I wish I could have a, I say it all the time. I want a farm. I want to hug a chicken. Can we have some goats? I would love to have a farm. I, I don't know anything about farming. Yeah. I can barely take care of my three cats, but I always have a menagerie of animals I rescue. So that's what I would do. Gotcha. Well, the first step is you're going to have to move out of L.A. proper to get the farm. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll just go once a week, maybe. <laughs> I love L.A. I'll never move from L.A. Are you a native? Yeah, I'm a California girl up and down the coast. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Inland Empire, Orange County, Laguna, Newport. I lived in Carmel for a long time. You're definitely yeah. an anomaly. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. And I, and I love it. I love L.A. Awesome. Well, I'm sure LA loves you here. We here at The Career Musician, we love and appreciate you. Thank you so much for being our guest. Thank you. It's been such a delight. It's nice to see you. Absolutely. I hope we get to write soon. Yes, we have to do it. Let's make it a point to do that in October. Yep. Um, I, we are, I already have Lola at the ready. She knows about it. And right. uh, you've been here to the studio with Christian. I have. Jack, so, it's fantastic, yeah. you guys. Awesome. It's, it's pretty neat. Yeah. And feel free, anybody that wants to reach out to me. You know, I do try to answer questions. We're on this planet together. So please feel free.
Amen. And your Instagram is Aaron, Aaron Alden. Twenty two. Yeah. I guess there was another Aaron Alden. Weird. Gotcha. Facebook. Um, Teen Cancer America. You know. Excellent. So people can find you. I love that. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been a blast. achieve the American dream, the big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship. The studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.